Welcome back to Ask a Pastor. I'm Rayshawn Graves, a pastor of a church in Richmond, Virginia. Today I want to think about the question, is talking about race a distraction or a cause for division in the church? If you've been around the last few years, you know that our society has been having a national conversation about race and racism in America. Again, a conversation that's centered around the recent police shootings of black people, the history of racism in America, and some are even focusing on how the race conversation is being approached as far as the differing terms being used, different scholarly perspectives and philosophies, and societal outcomes pertaining to racial injustice. In short, the conversations have been pretty intense. But talking about race has probably done more to expose division than actually cause it, mostly because when it comes to the topic of race, a lot of people don't really know where they stand or what they believe about the issue until the conversation is happening, and what we believe often rises to the surface during intense moments. Some people can't understand why racism keeps coming up, while others can't understand how people could ignore something so obvious in our society. And so the church here in America hasn't been excluded from the conversations about race. People in both pulpits and pews have taken to the streets, have taken to the internet and social media, and even to book publishers to offer a response to what the church's role should be in talking about race. Amidst all of the conversation, some Christians wonder if talking about race is just a distraction or a cause for division in the church. Well, I'll just state it briefly, but talking about race, just like talking about anything else, it could become a distraction or cause division in the church. But I don't believe that talking about race and racism is a distraction or a cause for division. And here are three brief reasons why I think it's important for churches to talk about race and racism. Reason number one, Christians aren't immune from causing or experiencing racism. Sometimes followers of Jesus will consciously or subconsciously believe that because we're forgiven Christians, we're not really capable of committing certain sins, really bad sins. And racism usually makes this list, especially in our modern context where many people typically think that racism is confined to the past evils that were practiced of overt racism that enslaved, lynched, and actively discriminated against black people in this country. Many people believe that these actions were solely confined to the past and were committed by some pre-enlightened individuals without the knowledge that we have today. But racism or ethnic prejudice and discrimination, it's something that's always existed in this world as long as sinful people have existed in this world. And when we look at the Bible, particularly in the book of Acts, we see how even in the earliest days of the church, some Greek-speaking or Hellenist Jewish widows, they were being neglected in the daily distribution of food by Jewish Christians. And the cause for this discrimination was their ethnic identity. It was ultimately an issue that was eventually brought to the apostles. And so, not to read too much in between the lines, but these kinds of issues don't just happen in a vacuum. Uh, there was an internalized or previously held belief by Jewish Christians against Hellenist Jews or Greek-speaking Jews that resulted in a display of a kind of racism. Or even when you look at Peter in Antioch in Galatians chapter 2, we see that when the Jews came into town, Peter chose not to eat with people of other ethnicities or other ethnic identities, also known as Gentiles, out of fear for what the Jews might think. And so Peter had this internalized belief about other people that displayed itself in a kind of racial discrimination. In both of these situations, people who were Christians were sinned against because of their ethnic identity, and they were sinned against by Christians, which means that the race conversation is something that even needs to be had in the church. Neither the Jews or Peter learned this behavior from Jesus. This was the way that they, as Jewish people, were brought up and sinfully shaped by the society that they lived in. 
And although their sins were certainly forgiven at the cross of Christ, God's Spirit would still need to shape them and transform them from the ways and the sins that they embraced before and even during their following Jesus. And the same is true for every Christian in every era. There are things in their beliefs that sinfully shape people who profess to follow Jesus. And the good news is that Jesus is committing to, committed to changing us and not leaving us the same. And so racism is one of the things that was socially acceptable for many professing followers of Jesus in this country for a long time. And so overall, we can't pretend that Christians can't be racist or can't be affected by racism. Historically, and even presently, many have been. And so in the context of the church, much like we speak about all kinds of sins that affect Christians who either sin in these ways or are sinned against in these ways, things like lust and pride, stealing, abuse, adultery, and idolatry, we should include racism as well and speak to the sinful ways that racism is committed against people and speak up for those who racism is committed against. Y'all, we all got weaknesses. It's okay. Just acknowledge what those weaknesses are and be willing to confront them. Even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Chris, how did you overcome the whole passive husband thing? You know I led him through it. <laughs> <laughs> there is work for us to do. It is not just sit back and cross my arms and just kind of wait for God to drop the miracle. Hey, y'all, it's Dana Shea. For real faith-based marriage advice, be sure to tune into Real Relationship Talk on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Reason number two. Just as Christians aren't immune from practicing racism or experiencing racism, the church, both globally and in the U.S., has a long and deep history of being complicit in racism. Many books have been written detailing Christianity's role in everything from religious imperialism on the continent of Africa, to the transatlantic slave trade, to the pseudo-theologically backed beliefs of people that believe that people of African descent were a subhuman species and not created in the image of God. Many times, the very people who were at the forefront of these movements were either professing Christians, or they believed themselves to be doing God's will, or they were clergy who were passively or actively involved in promoting the ideas of black inferiority and subjugation. Particularly in America, many of the most revered preachers and pastors were either slaveholders or supported the institution of chattel slavery and the belief in the idea of black inferiority. And even after emancipation, many people who professed to be Christians were involved in the active and sinful and destructive oppression of black people as seen in things like lynchings, segregation, police brutality, and systemic oppression of black people all the way through the civil rights movement. Now, at the same time, there were also many professing Christians, both black and white, who sought to end slavery through abolition and who fought for the rights and the equality of black people in this country. The Civil Rights Movement, which was led largely by black clergy, was founded on Jesus' teachings on love, and it was a movement that was filled with all kinds of people who believed in the Bible's teachings about the full humanity of every person created in God's image. But overall, 
the church should speak about racism because historically it's had a direct role by being both complicit in racism and in fighting against racism. And the implications from both of these movements continue to echo to this day. Racism isn't simply a historical stain on our nation or an economic issue or just something that's to be solved through political action. Racism at its core is a moral issue. It's sinful. It's something that God hates. And so by not speaking on it, the church's sinful past still screams loudly into the present. And by speaking about racism, the church continues to speak God's truth and fight against the stronghold of racism that has sinfully affected so many people. And by speaking against racism, the church displays to the world the good news that Jesus has and will one day put an end to wickedness like racism once and for all. And so conversations about race, they are difficult. They are uncomfortable at times, and they can even be intense. But they certainly aren't a distraction or divisive. Reason number three. Lastly, if the church doesn't talk about race and racism, then it may be ignoring a division that's subtly shaping and affecting its people and ultimately hindering peace. The book of Ephesians says that followers of Jesus should, by God's spirit, maintain unity and be bound together in peace. And two chapters before Paul says this, he confronts the former division that existed between Jews and Gentiles and the hostility that stood between them. And he acknowledges that Jesus has broken down the dividing wall through his sacrifice on the cross, reconciling sinful people to God his Father and to each other. And so confronting the sin of racism by lamenting over it, confessing it and repenting of it and extending forgiveness of it, that's what acknowledges Jesus' victory over it. And it maintains the unity of God's spirit within the church that binds us together in peace. Peace that we could never achieve for ourselves, but peace that was achieved for us through Jesus' sacrificial work on the cross. And this isn't a one-time event either. It's It's a lifestyle and a pattern amongst God's people of confessing and lamenting and grieving and forgiving. Historically, our nation really isn't that far out from the horrendous events of racism and racial injustice that took place. And so at times, these actions of lament and confession and forgiveness, they're still appropriate. But more than this, racism in whatever form, it'll always be in this world until God makes everything new. And so by speaking on racism, uh, when we see it, even when we don't see it in our society and in our culture, we continue to recognize God's power to conquer it and to keep it from dividing us. So again, racism it's, isn't something, and talking about racism isn't something that is divisive or uh, something that causes division within the church. Uh, it's something that can help us maintain the unity of God's spirit and bind us together in peace. Jesus has put an end to it, and therefore we can have unity with one another, even in talking about difficult things and sinful realities that exist in this world. That's all I've got today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Ask a Pastor, and I'm Rayshawn Graves. We'll catch you next time. Ask a Pastor is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review it in your podcast app? It really does help more listeners find the show. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and Stephen Sanders. Special thanks to Stephen McGarvey for his executive oversight. You can find more faith-affirming podcasts like this one by visiting lifeaudio.com.
Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.